Our next live workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, will be held online from September 22nd to 24th, 2023. If you want to get closer and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments, this is the workshop for you. Sign up at whydoesmypartner.com slash events. Welcome to the Connectfulness Practice Podcast. Here, we settle into the murky, tangled, and freaking hard parts of life to restore our relationship with the self so it can ripple out to the people we love, the work we do, and the world around us. If we can't fix what's wrong, then our grandchildren inherit it. In order to fix what's wrong, we have to talk about it. And we can't move that conversation forward if we're not willing to be real about where we are now. We have to push on the edge of what it means to connect. Otherwise, nothing will ever change. I'm your host, Rebecca Wong. I'm here to guide you through a series of radically honest conversations about what it means to be truly human in all of its messy, beautiful, hilarious, and heartbreaking glory. In our collective effort of looking inward, we're starting to do the outward work of reconnecting the world. While these discussions will guide you into the connectfulness practice, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for the depth of work that you'd encounter with a licensed provider. If something in this episode touches you, reach out. That's where you initiate the ripple that restores relationships. You can learn more about my connectfulness counseling practice and our collective for therapists in private practice at connectfulness.com. This episode is brought to you by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is a simple, secure EHR platform for therapists in private practice. It keeps you organized and creates a container for all the details that run your practice so that you can focus on what really matters. Use the promo code CONNECTFULNESS and get two months free when you sign up at therapynotes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Coronavirus Online Therapy a collective made up of thousands of experienced, licensed private practice therapists that provide free or reduced cost, short-term online therapy to those serving on the front lines of COVID-19 in all 50 U.S. states. If you're on the front lines seeking support, or if you're a therapist who would like to join the initiative, go to coronavirusonlinetherapy.com to learn more. Welcome back. I'm here today with Shide Lennon. Shide is a psychologist and a trauma specialist, a somatic experiencing practitioner, and um, someone who I have had the pleasure of enjoying a beautiful lunch with in a nearby town. (laughs) So having to, getting to um, sit in your presence, I understand it as something that is just so soft and grounding and it's just such a beautiful way to spend some time and I'm really glad to be able to introduce and share you with my listeners today. Oh, thank you so much. What a wonderful um, way to get introduced and and, uh, <laughs> and 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 feel into this conversation together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really a great way also to describe what this conversation may be that we're feeling into it together. Yeah. We're we're living in unprecedented times uh, with uh, the coronavirus kind of taking over the world and in many ways reshaping our lives. So much, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you have, have been um, someone that really has been sticking out to me. You've been sending some emails to our community. Mm-hmm. Um, to provoke some thought and conversation. And that got me thinking that I really wanted to have this conversation with you here Mm -hmm. today Mm -hmm. so that we can talk about things like how to stay centered yeah, and how to stay grounded. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that is, um, you know, at a time like this when um, everything that, we have had to ground us is uh, shaken um, to the core, really. Um, how do we how do we ground when there's no ground? You know, and that's really what was the sort of the heart of 
what I began to communicate in my emails, in my newsletter, is how do we ground when, when the ground has been shaken? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where would you like to begin that conversation? Where feels the most natural for you? Um, <sighs> I think just an acknowledgement, um, Rebecca, as you said, just acknowledging that we are in a time that is unprecedented, is, is humbling, it's um, scary, it's, un- it's uncertain. Yeah. So I think, I think it's good to um, acknowledge that and verbalize that. Um, and then to, um, you, know, you know, part of it for me is the acknowledgement of what is, of the reality of things, has a settling quality, um, you know, because oftentimes we fight what we don't, what feels bad. Yes. Right? It makes us so uncomfortable and we want to push it away. And I think this is one of those situations where we, we can't do that. So, so acknowledging, yes, the, the world is different. The world is going through a terribly scary time. Um, what we've relied on is uncertain. So how do we move through that? And so when we're even beginning to think about moving through it, I think this is perhaps where I come back to grounding and centering. Because in order to move forward or through, I, I need to feel where I am. I need to, and this is the acknowledging, right? But It is. Can I tell a funny story? Can I, I tell the story that. of when I fell off my chair and totally lost my ground? Yeah. <laughs> good one <laughs> I love that because it's sort of such a physical example of being not losing my ground you know I was doing a video call a video session with a client of mine and I've been doing video sessions so I'm not a stranger to them so we were talking and I just um I just went to shift my cushion on the chair and the whole chair went out from under me and I, t- I fell on my butt the, the uh, headphones pulled the computer almost off the desk Oh my, my client is still talking, you know, and I think she noticed. <laughs> so I'm on my butt. I have a scratch on my arm. I'm like, okay, she's still talking in my ear, you know. Um, and so I literally crawl up the desk. So my face must have come up on the video, my top of my head and my face. And then I got the chair and I sat down and I, um, and she's like, oh, did something happen? And I said, you know, I just fell off my chair. <laughs> And um, all was well. We laughed about it, you know. But I, I, I think that's a funny um, way of describing what's actually happening. Yes. In our psyches and in our bodies, in our distractions, in how, in our sort of not knowing what to concentrate on right now, what's important, um, in our scrambling and overwhelm. That's falling. So we've all fallen off our chairs in some way. Yeah, many ways. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I think it sort of also highlights that all of our humanities are so much more transparent right now. Yes. You know, so, and that's a resource actually. That's yeah. something that can be grounding is recognizing that we're all in the same boat, whether we're a therapist, a healer, a, a kid, a, a mom who's trying to homeschool, a first responder. We're like all in the same boat. Yeah, um, we are. You know, I've, I've heard it termed that we are living in a shared trauma reality. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All of us. Exactly. And how we move through it again, coming back to the grounding is going to make the difference between what our bodies and minds are going to do afterwards. Right. Right. When this passes and however, whatever that looks like how we work with our bodies and minds now is going to make the difference. So do you have some suggestions there about how we can learn to work with our bodies and our minds? And Absolutely. You know, I have a couple of simple things, just ba- basic stuff like feeling our feet on the, you know, one of the practices that I have that I've had it, I've had it for years actually is before I get up out of bed in the morning, I'll, gl- I'll have a glass of water. So I'll take a sip and my feet are bare and I make a 
practice of actually putting my feet on the floor and feeling the floor coming up to meet me. And it's just a second, but it, it's a physical reminder that I have the floor rising up to support me. Mm-hmm. Just that it seems so simple. But it's also so profound because it's that reminder that we're held. Exactly. And then it's that reminder that we can start or end our day with, but we can also tap into throughout the day as needed. Exactly. So what I do and what I recommend to my clients is checking in. You know, if if you forget, it's okay. You can put it on the reminder every hour. Mm-hmm. Kind of, there's a dinger that goes. Uh, you know, are you are you feeling your feet? Yeah. Are you feeling your your calves? Are you feeling your legs? Um, are you feeling your center of gravity? You know, um, that could be hard these days. So feet can be enough. Extremities are places where we're most aware, mm-hmm. usually. So our hands and our feet are really good places to start. Do I feel my feet in my hands? Do I feel the tingling, the vibrating, the life in my hands and feet? And that brings us a little bit to the body. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. in the time that's pulling us out of our bodies. It brings us back to. It brings us back to our yeah. bodies. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Can I share another trick? It's yeah. like, a, it's, like a, it's, it's from craniosacral uh, therapy, but we use it in somatic experiencing, is um, putting one hand on the forehead and the other on the back of the neck, just at the base of the skull. And taking a moment. Mm. Yeah, and feeling the rest of the body. And what that does to the physiology is it what we call down-regulate. So it brings any kind of buzzing and anxiety and thinking, 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 literally down into the torso. And um, if we then focus on the legs, down through the legs. And that has a, it's an, it, it activates a parasympathetic nervous system, which is what helps us to stay relaxed. It's the part uh-huh. of our nervous system that helps us to be in a kind of a relaxed um, mode, you know, of being. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. As I just did that, as you were talking us through, what I felt in my body was, um, it's this going to be hard to describe, but it, it was almost this, um, listeners, go ahead and try this for yourself if you haven't already. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> but it, it almost felt like um, a spiraling that was in multi-directions, like a cord, the centering. That is such a beautiful way of describing it because you can look at it as energy. You can look mm-hmm. at it. It's actually a physiological event. Yeah. But we can feel it energetically. We can feel it through vibrating, tingling, downward motion. Yeah. Spiraling. So beautiful. Such a beautiful. Yeah way of describing it. Yeah. And it, it very much is helps to tune in and deepen an awareness. I've noticed that a lot of my clients um, struggle with breathing exercises as a way of centering. Yeah. And I think right now where we're facing the coronavirus and all the fears and the worries around shortness of breath, that gets exacerbated. Absolutely. And this, both of these exercises you've shared, don't center on the breath. Exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up because um, when there's a lot of anxiety in the chest, which is where anxiety goes, sometimes focusing on breathing could actually be less helpful. And actually, I know it happens for me. I just get more anxious when I focus on my breath. (laughs) It's like, forget about it. You know, this is not working for me. Yeah. It actually triggers more anxiety. So what we want to do is expand out to the other parts of the body, to the head, to the feet, to the arms. Sometimes I will even move my arms when there's a lot of constriction in my chest with nervousness. So I move my arms and my wrists in a slow kind of rhythmic way. 
and it lightens the load. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make the anxiety go away because that's not realistic right now. Right. But it makes the body be bigger to bear it more. And so I'm yeah. thinking of it almost like a discharge. Um, yes and no. Okay. In a way, it's a discharge. In a way, it's an expansion so that we're still feeling it, but now we're bearing it better. Uh-huh. We're bearing it better. I, I think yeah. maybe what might be really helpful is to talk a little bit about what bearing it means. Yeah. I feel like for so many, that's not a like experience that many have had to bear it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we want to get rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, you can think about it as discharge it, because discharge, let it out of your body. And then there's a state of relaxation, mm-hmm. which is great. And by all means. And there is this notion of when the, when the chest is heavy with fear and anxiety and the breathing is short, one way to work with it is rather than discharge the anxiety is increase the capacity for the body to bear it. And that actually makes the anxiety lighter. Why do we not want it to go away? Because it's not possible to get rid of it. So we need to get bigger in our bodies to be able to bear it. And I don't mean tolerate it. I mean actually be with it in a way that is gentle and spacious and kind. As I hear you say that we need to get bigger in our bodies, um, a story for me came up that I would like to share with you. I love stories. Okay. Yeah. So as um. As the world was just about, well, parts of the world had already, but as the United States was about to kind of go into lockdown mode, just before I happened to be studying with my mentor, Terry Real in Mexico, and um, the anxiety was getting really big for me inside of my body, and I was studying with Terry, and much of that work is around um, working with our adaptive or Um, adaptive children inside of us, the little ones that were wounded or hurt. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so much of our lingo was about, um, you know, bringing the functional adults online. This is what we were training in. It's what we were working on. And as my anxiety was getting big, kind of watching the world unfold, feeling like it was time for me to get home, I had to call this trip short. Um, there, There was a moment where I woke up in a massive panic. And I kind of felt that spiraling cord come through me and it pulled me together. And I heard a very clear directive message about going home. But I also realized that that was my big adult. It was my most functional adult that was speaking through me. And so as you say, we have to get bigger in our bodies. I'm also thinking about that experience I had and that when I shared it with the group the next morning on, on the morning that I was leaving, um, you know, what we were talking about with Terry and, and the rest of us were all talking about is how that's what's being called of us right now. We all have to be our most functional selves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the bigness in the body. The bigness. That's the bigness. Yeah. yeah in the body and in the mind as well. And, yeah. and that's right. We all have to be our best, wisest selves um, with our fear, mm-hmm. with our anxiety, with our um, the sense of uncertainty that we yes. have um, in a way that holds it, you know? I have found that when I am in that most functional place, my fear, or my worries, my anxiety have something really valuable to offer me in terms not of ruminating or getting stuck or getting lost or going down some little rabbit hole that's going to take me off course, but in terms of giving me a solid message that tells me how to take action. Absolutely. And that's, you know, as, as you were talking, I was, and you know, your decision to well, cut your trip short, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I wanted to also emphasize for your listeners, and I know that most people know this, it's so important to be acting right now. So this is yeah. not just about sitting with fear, right? This is about, uh, as I'm sure, you know, everybody knows is about keeping a steady routine. Yes, it's uh, during the day. It's about disciplining ourselves to have the routine 
to get dressed, to have a schedule, to, um, you know, connect with our friends and family, to have, you know, I recommend to some parents that I'm working with to have to institute some quiet time where everybody you know, and they laugh at me. Most is like, are you kidding me? I love it. I'm, I'm about to giggle too, but in a totally, yes, let's do that way. You know, it, it, you know, where, where the kids, so it may mean the kids may be on their tablets a little more, but it does mean everybody takes a time out, including the grownups. Um, I've, I've uh, encouraged the families that I work with to have uh, movement parties or dance parties yeah. where everybody gets to move and wiggle and shake it off. You know, so that's a, that's a, that's a way of being big, right? Yeah, Just taking those actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, and um, and then to really, as you were saying earlier, in our when we were saying hello, is to really be um, to cut ourselves some slack. Yeah, you know, I was talking to a client the other day who was who was down on herself for not doing the pandemic right or not doing the the quarantine right because things weren't going according to plan in her family (laughs) and we were talking about how do you let go of the scripts of what this is supposed to be I I think that's such an important and valuable thing there's so many things circulating throughout whether it's conversation or it's social media or it's newsletter whatever um, about the ways that we're supposed to you know quote-unquote supposed to um, what we should be doing during this time Exactly. And how we should be, um, you know, all the Pinterest stuff about how to homeschool your kids or um, the ways to clean out your closet or get to all the things that you've never gotten to. Reprioritize your life. The truth of it is that we're in a crisis right now. We all are. Absolutely. Um, And oftentimes what I tell the people that I work with, parents especially, is look, trust that you know how to, you know, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. trust the process you know you are your own reference point right now right there is no there is really nothing to come so people say what should I do how should I do this and we're like okay go into your center mm-hmm. go into yourself and let's talk about what feels right for you yeah and your family at this moment mm-hmm. um, and really helping people ground in that right yeah. um, I have two daughters who are preteens Oh, God bless you. (laughs) (laughs) The hormones. Oh, my goodness. But but this past weekend, we, um, my husband and I decided like we needed a little bit of a break. And um, so we told the girls that we were going to go to a restaurant and that they were going to be the restaurant. And so we had just meant dinner, but they took it upon themselves to craft three meals. And they were only allowed to use the ingredients we had in the house. And they couldn't burn down the house. They couldn't ask for help. And they had to clean up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we didn't care if we got like a piece of toast. We didn't care if we got a bowl of cereal, you know, but they loved being of service in that way. And we finally got a day of relaxation. It was, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was wonderful. And everybody ate well and nobody had to struggle over. I don't know what you want to eat. What do you want to eat? I don't know what you want to eat. There was none of that the whole day. It was wonderful. Oh, I totally want to steal that story. Can I steal yeah, it? Of course, I, can. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was so, it was such a relief. It was, and you you know, it sounds to me that you 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 charged your daughters to be their best, yes, selves, their biggest selves, yes, their biggest, exactly, their biggest yeah. selves, and they they were able to show you their capaciousness, their yeah. ability, their to ability to rise, absolutely, yeah. Your yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you also talk a lot about routine. Um, routine in each day. Yes. Um, and just, you know, especially in these moments where um we're not necessarily captured by our normal routines. Yeah. Um, you know, um what I've what I've done and you know, and what I often tell what the couples that I work with we sometimes sit down because it's hard for them. A a lot of families, because everybody's thrown it together right now. So there's a lot going on and there's a lot of um, people are spending a lot of time together. Their tensions are coming up. Um, 
you know, uh, arguments are coming or disagreements are coming up. So oftentimes I've become very hands-on with a lot of people that I work with. So we sit down together on Zoom and I help them discuss a schedule with a, you know, pen pen and paper and they draw it. And I sort of sit and I sort of sit back and I help them work out the kinks, but they're basically discussing what works best. Yeah for each other actually they end up being very helpful to each other and so we come up for a ske- with a schedule for the day of who's going to make breakfast <laughs> who's going to make lunch who's going to make dinner um what days who h- how is everybody going to get some time to themselves um you know if, if at all possible um work schedules how are they going to negotiate their work schedules um and so I'm so, guessing also where does everyone get some together time or where does everybody get some together uh, time? Exactly. Like family time. Yeah. You know? Or um, one-on-one time or whatever the, the thing may be. Absolutely. Especially now that, you know, childcare is um, not happening, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, um, and so what I encourage people to do is to have a family meeting and, and go over, do like 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Really concrete and really simple. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, breaks, together time. Do we want to do together time Saturdays between 1 and 3? And what, what are we going to do right. Saturday between 1 and 3? Right. You know, that kind of thing. Um, um, getting dressed in the morning. Yeah. Getting dressed in the morning. It just seems so trivial, but it's so important. Um, a couple of days I didn't wear work clothes. You know, I wore like a, you know, kind of a very casual top. And I realized my mood at the end of the day was very different. Mm-hmm. Um, that I needed to actually take care. Yeah. I call it caretaking. Of do the caretaking of wearing work clothes that I feel good in. Mm-hmm. Putting on my favorite earrings, putting on my little lip gloss or whatever I do. Right. So that I was ready for the day. You know, it's it's a liturgy, right? It's a it's a ritual. Because those things signal us. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You also talk a little bit about um, orienting towards pleasure at least once a day. So important. You know, we have this notion in somatic experiencing, we call it orienting towards pleasure, which means finding something. It could be looking around the room mm-hmm. and letting... You're, I'm looking at my orchids right now, for example, and letting your eyes rest on something pleasing and taking a pause with that. No, you don't have to analyze it, describe it, you know, just letting your gaze take it in. Yeah. And seeing what happens in the body. Ooh, I just felt my belly get softer. Oh, I just took a deep breath, you know, or my jaw unclen- unclenched. Right. So it's sight. You using our sense of smell. I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was saying, you know, how are you coping these days? What's what keeps you going when all bets are off? And she Mm -hmm. said, "Um, the smell of rose water. Mm. (laughs) She said I was bickering with my husband, and and I smelled the rose water coming from I don't know what she had, the soap or something. And she said it completely changed my uh, being in the moment. The senses are so important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know, citrus smells like lemon. Yeah, and then uh, great food are happy smells. Mm-hmm. So I actually have a lip gloss that has like a lemon, lemony, yeah. grapefruity things. So I put it on just to yeah. feel happy. So senses, touch, touch, um, touching. You know, velvety things or soft things or our pets or our. I find something really important about what you just said. I think there are so many people that are isolated and the sense that they don't really get to explore as much these days as touch. And one of the things you were just mentioning is even just to touch different textures. Yeah, absolutely. Touching different textures, feeling. And, and, and the important thing is sen- taking a pause to really feel mm-hmm. the softness, the temperature of it. The, the, you know, if it's a blanket on your lap, the, the feel of the weight. You know, yeah. um, 
you know, soothing self-touch is also really important. I'm, I live alone, so I give myself hugs. You know, it, it, it's actually, a again, a nervous system regulator. Holding the deltoids, that's the um, outside of the shoulders, is a parasympathetic nervous system um, enhancer, meaning it relaxes us, basically. It helps us soften into... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, staying away from the news, yeah. orienting towards, I love nature shows, uh, music, I mean, music, music. Music is music. so good. <laughs> you know, and I can hear my clients saying, but I'm in such crisis. What do you, this is, this is small stuff. What is, how is that going to help me? Um, you because know, the orienting is the orienting back to your center. It's the orienting back to your grounding. It's the exactly. orienting back to whatever roots you in. It's the getting the ground back underneath you. It's the. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's about coming back to the center. Yeah. Um, another, can I say another, another thing that I tell people, ask people to do is one hand on the heart area and the other hand just above the belly button, the solar plexus. And just feeling the pressure of the hand, feeling the support that the hands are offering to the body, feeling the temperature, and noticing our breath. And, and to me, that has a there, there quality. It's like there, there, dear, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here with you. I have your back. So mm-hmm. important right now, especially that we have so many caregivers. We have so many parents yeah. taking, you know, taking care of their kids. Um, you know, people going out, grocery store um, clerks, I mean, nurses you you know doctors let's you know you know um the spectrum guy who's coming you know and this is coming back to saying there there i have you i've got you yeah so which is what so many of us we all need this right now exactly i don't think we ever outgrow needing to know that we are safe that we are held and that is i think so much of what we're talking about right now is the very basic, simplified practice of how to hold yourself. Exactly. And back, back to basics. Yeah. That's Which it. is what we need. I mean, exactly. You know, when, when all of humanity is sharing a crisis, we need to remember how to, how to manage ourselves so that we can all show up for each other and with each other. Absolutely. You know, that metaphor of putting our own oxygen masks on first before we help other people is, um, has never been more important. Mm-hmm. Um, Very much. You know, and so it's so, so what I encourage people to do is just the, the five seconds of the morning before they wake up, before they get out of bed, rather, is to say, here, I'm with you. I've got mm-hmm. you. I have your back. I'll be back. I'll be back tonight to hold you again, or I'll be back after lunch. You know, <laughs> just to do a little bit of talking to ourselves and to our bodies and to our hearts, really, mm-hmm. is just the hard practice of saying, I have you back. I'm not going anywhere. It's interesting, as you say, to talk to ourselves. I've noticed that I have been talking a lot to myself, especially yeah. when I'm going to sleep at night. Um, and my husband has been giggling a lot at me. <laughs> And letting me know that he also needs to hear a lot of what I've been saying. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's mutual. It works. But, um, but a lot of, you know, a lot of these things you're showing us, these ways of holding ourselves of a hand on the heart and a hand on the solar plexus, a hand on the forehead and a hand on the back of the neck. Um, I don't know that I have fully understood them to the point that you have shared them with us here today, but I think I have found a lot of them in my kind of searching for what, for what will hold me. Um, and I'm yeah. going to guess that a lot of our listeners have found some variation or some version um, at some point for themselves as well. 
Absolutely. So in, in some ways, that's all that matters is that mm-hmm. the, we feel um, held and a little bit better, yeah. a little bit bigger. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of physiological stuff going on, but, you know, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't well, matter. Yeah. It, it's comforting to understand it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because it helps us make sense of why this feels good. So do you want me to go, th- go with that? I would love that. Okay, great. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, 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 our nervous system has basically two, it's a very sort of uh, easy to digest version, right? Has two branches. One is a sympathetic nervous system. That's our, ner- the, the part of our nervous system that does, that prepares us to fight. Yes. To flee, to run away. Or to, um, that's it. So, so when there's danger, and that's anxiety, that's fear, that's high activity, that's anger. It's also, you know, creativity. It's also excitement. Mm. It's also, you know, those good things. Um, the parasympathetic nervous system is the um, part of our nervous system that helps us be in relaxation. It helps us be in a state of calm preparedness um and it helps us fall asleep right so when things are not working well when there's a pandemic (laughs) you know it could go so the sympathetic nervous system could be heightened meaning Uh we're in a heightened state of tenseness anxiety panic overwhelm um you were also talking about this being a source of creativity. Absolutely, but let me, we'll okay. get to that. Yeah, because that also involves a parasympathetic, it involves right. a balance between the two, which is okay. really great. So, and then the other part with the parasympathetic, we can go into shutdown. Yeah. Numbness, bo- not boredom, but like uh, my clients describe it as a blah. Mm-hmm. Laundry is not getting done. Mail is piling up. That's a freeze collapse. That's the parasympathetic nervous system in that right. state. Now, all of these things are wonderful because they're survival. Mm-hmm. We need them. Yeah. <laughs> Fight, flight, freeze, collapse. We need them because sometimes we have to use them. And, and with the pandemic, that's been triggered. Yes. Because this is a, literally it's a life and death struggle or the, the anticipation of loss. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's going to get triggered. So let's thank those two uh, ends of the spectrum also because they actually help us survive. In the middle is a place where every, everybody's working together. Our parasympathetic is there when we need it. It's quiet. It's relaxed. We're socially engaged. Um, you know, that's the parasympathetic. Yeah. Um, and we're also the sympathetic. We can get excited. We can plan. We can plan an art project, we can sing, we can dance, you know, that's the good sympathetic. That's when we're safe. Got it. Okay. So when, coming back to self-touch during crisis, what it does and what movement does, it, it, it activates a part of the parasympathetic that is in that range, in that healthy range mm-hmm. of social engagement of, um, of um, sort of a relaxed preparedness. And in fact, you know, babies, um, babies are born with that part of the system of the parasympathetic, but you know what actually helps it develop even better is touch. touch. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It creates self-soothing capacity for babies, for newborns. Yeah. Uh, is touch and skin-to-skin contact, skin temperature. So um, when we are doing this, the, the forehead touching and the back of the neck, the solar plexus, heart, it has that effect if it if activates ah. the sort of the, um, what do you call it, the normal range or the resting range of the parasympathetic. Yes. So if we're frozen or in collapse, it brings us out of that. If we are hyper and in panic, it brings, it brings us, us down, down from that. Right? And so these are just, these are such powerful tools that we can, we have access to within our own hands, wherever exactly. we are. All the time. 
Yeah. So that when we find ourselves in these places, and it doesn't matter which end of the spectrum we go to, because the same tool will bring us back to center. Exactly. That's it. And it's a physiological event. Yes. Brings us out of collapse, brings us out of panic. Oh, that is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of our survival mechanism. That's the beauty of our bodies and our nervous systems they're here to serve us yes they are (laughs) Um, and they will respond with practice Mm -hmm. and with ongoing with discipline really and what better time really than now to access that those that resource no better time than now yeah exactly yeah Yeah. Um, i often help uh, you know talk to parents to do that with their kids even Yes. And the kids are hyper. You know, we go like that. <laughs> you know, we put our hands on the forehead and, you know, um, you know, or we give us ourselves a self big hug, mm-hmm. you know. It's true. When my, when my girls are, are dysregulated, the best thing I could do is offer them a hug. Uh, yeah. You know, nothing, nothing can come before that hug. Anything can come after that hug. It, beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Nothing yeah. can come before that hug. Yeah. And anything can come after that hug mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know well, we can I, yeah one more thing about hugging with yeah. families yeah you know um there also um i hear and i don't know the research behind this but in my training i understood that when you hug a family member or a close one for 20 seconds yeah right your nervous systems will harmonize mm-hmm. and they will sync up Yes. I'm, I'm imagining into this a little bit that it has something to do also, like you were talking a minute ago about infants. And I know that, um, when we hold infants skin to skin, it does multiple things. It harmonizes their nervous system to ours. It helps them regulate their body temperature. It helps them sync up their heartbeat. It helps their, them figure out how to breathe and rhythm to us. And, you know, these are all things that their nervous system has to learn. Yes. And they learn it just by being skin to skin and close to us. Exactly. So I'm guessing when we do it as adult to adult or adult to an older child, not an infant, it has a similar nervous system effect. It does. You know, we call that co-regulation, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. So two nervous systems regulating with each other yeah. and each other syncing with each other. And that has a sort of like a rhythmic effect, right? And mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Oh, that was just fun. We just had a minute here. I want to share it with our listeners because they can't see us. But we just had a minute where you were moving your body like a wave and I moved with you. And it was, even though we're between screens over Zoom right now, it also has that kind of effect. Beautiful. So that's called the cerebellar rhythm, this this side to side um, rocking. And sometimes what I... um, what I do is hold, well, now I don't do it because, you know, I'm not touching my clients, but, you know, you hold, families can do it, um, hold the other person's sh- um, deltoids, so this is uh-huh. shoulders, standing, and just stand there and yeah. feel into, and what you'll notice is there'll be a, a um, rocking side to side. And, and the person who's holding the other person's shoulders will sync up and they'll start to actually rock together. And that has a very regulating effect on the nervous system of both people. Yeah. And I might even go a little further and say that if you're alone and you're isolated all by yourself, find somebody who you can find on Zoom or FaceTime or whatever it is and try this out too because I was just so taken by that little moment we just shared just mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. It's an effect also. Yes, so 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 absolutely. So if if um, the people who are alone who yeah. are isolated, this can work you know, resonance, what we call it, being tuned into each other, which is the beauty of video chats. It can happen. Yes. So nervous systems feel each other through the cloud, <laughs> and which is a great hopeful thing with people who are by themselves right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that we can co-regulate together through video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is quite a time to be in all of our little pods of isolation and simultaneously have the ability to reach out and connect. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know that I've been more connected to people now than I've than I was before. You know, the most connected. 
Yeah. Including to nature. That's another thing I tell people. I'm falling in love with the trees on my property. It's to take a moment to go touch them, to go look at them, to mm -hmm. feel the bark. Yeah. To, um, I say good morning to my trees, you know, <laughs> because, because that's our community also. Yeah. I'm not much of a gardener, but I'm loving putting my hands in the dirt these days. Beautiful. Yes. You know, just that, yeah. that feeling of the earth is, um, it feels delicious. And it has a dopamine. It, it actually does something in the brain as well. Mm -hmm. I believe it's dopamine enhancing yeah. know, when we touch soil. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Day, thank you so much for joining us Oh my God, it's today. such a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I am so grateful for this conversation. Mm. I can't wait to share it with our listeners. Tell us how folks can find you if they want to learn more about your work or maybe even sign up for your newsletter great so um they can go on my website and my website is sleninphd.com and um they will uh short very shortly find my newsletter <laughs> wonderful and we're, we're going to include a link to all of this in our show notes so we'll help yeah. people navigate their way there but um, slennonphd.com. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you again. Such Thank a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure for me. Thank you. Thank you. So a little postscript uh, that we decided to hop back on and share. <laughs> I, yeah. Great. Because, you know, I, w I just wanted to mention the kidneys, um, mm -hmm. you know, as a place, you know, uh, because the adrenal glands are, are on top of the kidneys. So, and the adrenal glands obviously secretes the stress um, hormones um, so sometimes what I encourage people to do is hold their kidneys and so for those that don't know can you direct us to how to find our kidneys yes so our kidneys are sort of on either side of our lower back just to each side of the lower part of the spine and just below sort of our rib cage in the back uh, my um, energy mentor says that we hold fear there. Mm -hmm. um, and so I found holding our kidneys can be, it's a little, you know, it's, we have to kind of get sit up straight and, you know, it can be a little um, awkward at first, but it definitely calms down the, the fear response. Sometimes when I'm afraid, because I do a lot of body work, I feel my kidneys actually clenching. Ah. I, I feel them tensing. And so I know that then I have to do a little kidney holding. You know what I'm loving right now as we're talking about this and as we've been talking is that so much of this conversation is not about overcoming. It's not about working it out. It's not about getting through something. It's about holding. Exactly. It's about holding in a large, um, spacious container. It's about being with with a, a deep kind of acceptance and kindness and allowing for it. It's so, this is so important. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. This was a lovely little bonus. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I fall asleep holding one of my kidneys also. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might try that tonight. Thank you. You might. It's a little, I put one on the heart and one on the kidney. And, you know, it, it, it definitely it has a, a very settling um, safety enhancing effect. Yeah. Oh, I can just imagine all these different places you've pointed us towards yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to encourage those that are listening to really play with um, holding the deltoids, holding the forehead, holding the back of the neck, holding the heart, holding the solar plexus, holding the kidneys, feeling our feet on the floor. These are all, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and another one of my favorites is just making a little nest, making like a little cocoon, tucking myself in. Oh, lovely. And, I love and it. And really yes. just feeling that secure little holding. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Just taking a little extra time with that. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Thank you again, Shide. Mm. Listeners often ask how they can support the ongoing production of the Connectfulness Practice Podcast. And truly, the best way that you can is to simply subscribe and rate the show on your favorite podcasting platform. 
and then hop on over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review. You can learn more about my counseling practice, intensives, and the collective that I offer for therapists in private practice at connectfulness.com. This episode has been brought to you by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is a simple, secure EHR platform that keeps you organized and helps you to create a container for all the details that run your private practice so that you can tend to what really matters. Use the promo code CONNECTFULNESS and get two months free when you sign up at therapynotes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Coronavirus Online Therapy, a collective made up of thousands of experienced, licensed private practice therapists that provide free or reduced cost, short-term online therapy to those serving on the front lines of COVID-19 in all 50 U.S. states. If you're on the front lines seeking support or if you're a therapist who would like to join the initiative, Go to coronavirusonlinetherapy.com to learn more. I want to express my deep gratitude for Sarah and Chris Ferris, the musicians behind the beautiful soundtrack to the Connectfulness Practice Podcast, which was recorded and mixed at Kidneystone Studio. This podcast is produced by me, Rebecca Wong, and copyrighted by Connectfulness Counseling. Thanks for listening. Our next live workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, will be held online from September 22nd to 24th, 2023. If you want to get closer and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments, this is the workshop for you. Sign up at whydoesmypartner.com slash events.